This is Dojo Live, Tech Without Borders, stories that bring us together. Hello, everyone. This is Carlos at Mexico City at Nearsoft, and I'm here to welcome you to one more episode of Dojo Live, connecting experts like you. Joining me today from Los Angeles is, as ever, my fellow teammate, Nisoftian Tulio Zirugusa, our chief strategist, rocking away hey. from Los Angeles. Hi, Tulio. Hey, good afternoon. It's good to be here again. Let's have some fun. Oh, absolutely. Let's, please, by all means. And, and of course, uh, last but not least, we also have uh, my fellow teammate, another great Nisoftian an engineer, Mariel Navarro, in our Chihuahua office, joining us from there. Hi, Mariel. It's a pleasure to have you here and an honor. Welcome Hi, to the guys. show. Hi, guys. Thank you. Thank you, Mariel, for joining us today. And, well, I definitely have to introduce our feature guests of today. We are be, we're going to be having a, a conversation with uh, Taz Damon. Uh, she is uh, the CIO, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, you are the CIO of Connected Canadians, and she's going to tell all. She's going to tell us all about Connected Canadians and what it is. And of course, we also have <laughs> Emily Jones joining us, right? Uh, did I pronounce it correctly, Emily? I, I think I did, right? <laughs> cool. Okay, and she is the CEO for Connected Canadians, right? And so we're going to be chatting with uh, with uh, Taz and with Emily. And first of all, before we continue, welcome to the show. Thank, Thank you for having us. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. It's our pleasure. Okay. Well, the usual is that we ask our guests just to start off this conversation by telling us about you. So tell us about you, Taz and, and Emily, about you, about where you come from, what your background is, and then, of course, tell us about uh, connected, connected Canadians, and then we'll move on to the chosen topic. Welcome to the show. The camera is already all yours. The mic's all yours. All right. Um, so my name's Emily, and um, I, my background is in computer science. I uh, did my undergrad in computer science, uh, worked briefly as a developer, learned very early on that I liked uh, working with and managing people a lot more than I liked coding, moved management, um, and uh, amongst other things, um, found myself uh, volunteering at a, a nonprofit in Milan, um, helping uh, seniors uh, start an NGO um, and helping them uh, actually going back a little bit more to my tech roots, helping them with everything technology related there. So that was uh, one of my ways that I uh, that spawned uh, the beginning of Connected Canadians. And um, also just because of my technology background, I, I always had um, seniors in my life who kind of reached out to me for help um, and and as such just a natural thing for me. Um, yeah. Thank you. Uh, and Tess? Um, I'm Tess Newman. I am uh, actually uh, almost kind of a recent immigrant to Canada. Um, I grew up in Middle East and I came to Carleton, um, one of the um, top universities in Canada to do computer mathematics. Um, I am a hardcore nerd and a sci-fi fan, uh, and I have been for the last 15 years working in the tech industry. Um, started as a software developer, now moved up to a technical architect. Um, for the last five, six years, I've been consulting. Um, I've been consulting for McDonald's as their principal architect. So uh, 
you know, I'm loving it, mobile app, um, all of that, that were kind of, um, um, I, I was one of the, the brain child of that. Um, and uh, I also teach part-time at uh, Algonquin, just like Emily. Um, yes, that's right. I forgot to mention I do. Um, I also teach management at a business college in Ottawa. Mm -hmm. And uh, currently I work at a software company that creates case management software. Um, where I'm, I'm a delivery manager there, managing a team of about uh, 14 people currently. Mm -hmm. Perfect. Thank you so much. Thank you both for uh, your introduction. Now, if you care to tell us about, tell us a little bit about Connected Canadians, please. For sure. So, um, Canadians uh, was something that I, Taz and I uh, came up with because uh, both of us worked at a, another software company previously and, and we used to go for a lot of walks together and we talked about what we do in our spare time. And uh, both of us realized that in, in the circle of people that we knew, we didn't know a lot of people that enjoyed helping people in the same way that we did, um, even to the extent of, of taking um, paid time off to go volunteer. And, and we thought, hey, we finally found someone else who thinks like us. Let's uh, let's start an organization. And what, what should we start? So we talked about it for a little while, and, and uh, I'll, I'll let Taz jump in here. Yeah, so, um, so we were out uh, meeting at our university that both of us went to, mm -hmm. and we were walking in the tunnels, and we were just venting at our general frustration around technology and understanding technology and the gaps. And I think it was kind of a combination of our synergies. We thought, you know, we need to have something more scalable because there is definitely a need. I'm not sure, um, I, I can't speak for all the countries, but definitely in Canada, quarter of our population is, you know, soon entering um, the, the senior rank and the technology. I mean, it's as old as me, in all honesty. And uh, it's, it's changing leaps and bounds. And, and the gaps in, in digital literacy exist. Um, I can see the difference between me and my three-year-old um, already. And, uh, and, and so we decided to create Connected Canadians to kind of fill that gap last year. Right. Cool. So, yeah, we just wanted to figure out a way that we could make a structure that would help more people than just me and Taz individually going around and helping our, our friends and neighbors. Very cool. That's pretty cool. Um, I, I have a question. Like, um, this this whole idea behind Connected Canadians, was you born uh, because you, you had, like, um, it was something personal, like you had someone around you, you who you wanted to help, or was it like in general, like you guys saw this need around you? Yeah, I, I would say both. Um, I mean, I've been helping seniors in my life for at least 20, about, well, 18, 20 years, something like that. And um, and beyond that, I think um, we just saw the need, like we would, we would be places in public and we'd see people needing help and, and not having anyone to go to, so. And for me, it was a little bit more than, you know, there, there are services that are available to help people out, but there's a difference between knowing enough to give the right answer and then helping them out at that level. I worked actually as a tech support too when I was in university for Dell. Um, and you know, I, I kind of know how the, the support and the teaching part works. Um, in order to kind of fix that the, the problem or to help out, you have to make sure that you know you speak to their level, that you make sure that by the end of the session that they are actually empowered to to make the right choices, to be able to you know, feel confident in trying to take that picture, to do that video session, to um, to open that bank account. Um, and so I, I think that that was kind of another inspiration. We just didn't see the same quality 
um, of service and, and we do it as part of our nonprofit. All of our services are free for seniors. And so one of the things that we mentioned is, you know, you see all of these adverts, um, pay us $70 and we'll teach you about phishing scams and you're bombarded by the message. And for a person who's not technical, I mean, you know, is that real? Is that fake? Is that a phishing scam in itself? Yeah, so. I, I would have um, several senior friends would get these threatening phone calls of, you know, the virus on their computer that they needed to pay that person $200 to fix. And, and they would call me in a panic. And, and um, you know, I just felt like there's so much bad out there. We wanted to, to be the good to counteract that. Uh, my my favorite scam is when they call you and they're uh, impersonating a federal agent about your IRS bill. Yes. Yeah. Or in Canada, that yeah. must be something else. And I the simply just say, yeah, we have your mother, I simply just say, your mother must be so proud that you're making these calls. I've <laughs> <laughs> never heard of that. you never heard of that? That's no, like no, no, a thing. No. Is that real? <laughs> Yeah, for real. Oh, this is a federal agent. You owe taxes. We can straighten that out right now. And I just say, your mom must be so proud of you for making these calls because it's a total scam. So, just, so, I, so, I, so there's definitely, what I'm saying is there's definitely an element of if you're not tech savvy or aware of what's going on, you can be taken advantage of, right? And especially someone's a bit a more elderly who's not aware of these things that would normally perceive it as this got to be real because in the in back in the day if i got a phone call it was legitimate so um how what's what are you offering what's the charter what's the mission is it all about training and using technology or does it go beyond that so we i mean from coming from software industry you know we were trying to play really um agile we're trying to um, work with our community to kind of offer and create programs based on the needs um, every community is different we have a lot of diversity in Canada um, we have um, immigrants refugees um, multiple ethnicities um, coming through and so um, the the two programs that we offered quite successfully last year were um, our digital workshops um, and then we had one-on-one uh, -on -one sessions and so digital workshops were basically all focused towards um, uh, privacy, safety, connection, inclusion. Um, and then one-on-one -on -one sessions are then scheduled based on, you know, whatever the need be, anything from helping out with the wireless printers to, you know, I've, I've got my online banking um, locked up. Can you point me to the right resources that I can call and kind of hook up and connect from that standpoint? Um, Pretty early on, we decided that we want to, our, our differentiator is that we are using um, tech volunteers, including ourselves, who are rooted in technology. You know, they have enough background to be able to give the right answer um, and without using any scare tactics or deferring to, to different things. And we've had quite a good success with that. Um, yeah, I, I mean, we... We try to pick volunteers. We don't. We know that no one knows everything, and and having having helped a lot of elderly people in our lives, um, we know a lot of the stuff you have to learn in the moment, and and um, by being able to Google things and and uh, figure stuff out on the fly. But um, by being able to find people who are naturally curious and and helpful, um, we've been able to build a really kind, caring uh, team of volunteers. Yeah. So perfecting the craft of pairing the right. Um, volunteer or the right tech help with the right senior, um, and I think that's where where the uh, the magic sauce is. That's that's pretty cool. Uh, speaking a little bit more uh, about the uh, how it actually works, um, 
do you guys have any restrictions, for example, like the age? Let's say that I'm 40 years old and I don't feel comfortable with my digital digital skills. Can I still enroll or is there an age restriction? Or maybe I should be the owner of laptop or what no, should no. I have? Um, so uh, we definitely help um, anyone who needs our help. Um, the thing is about Canada in particular, we have a whole lot of support for young people and youth. Um, particularly in STEM fields. And um, that was one of the reasons we wanted to pick um, older people because we felt there wasn't um, similar coverage for older ages. So while we are open to helping anybody of any age, um, we chose to, to specialize on seniors um, because and older people in general, just because um, there's enough um, coverage for youth already. They didn't, in our opinion, we didn't need to add another organization to that. Big. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, in terms of the of the sessions of the the actual uh, work you guys do, uh, is it like live sessions or through the phone sessions or you have like group sessions? How how does that work? So we do uh, we do uh, both. We're starting. We 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 primarily focus on live sessions at present because um, one of the the underlying things that we like to emphasize is the human connection part of things because we realize that a lot of seniors are quite isolated and. So especially the ones who don't have a lot of family members close by, it's really nice for them to have a volunteer to meet up with in person um, to sit with them and, and explain how things work uh, rather than just a phone call. Um, so, so we do try to make things in person as much as possible. However, we've also realized that due to mobility issues or remote locations, we aren't able to reach as many people as we'd like um, live. So for that reason, we're also uh, piloting remote programs right now, too, where we provide um, online tech support using Skype or Slack um, or, or whatever else that they may need, perhaps even Teams or depending on the on the client. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's that's pretty cool. Like you're expanding the channels that you you guys are using. Yeah. Uh, so far, there, there are three things that I, that, I, that have caught my attention. First off, you said this is a nonprofit organization. Uh, second thing that I just noticed is it's kind of weird, but it, my work is a social network. Like the first time I saw the, the name of the company, Connected Canadians, it sounded to me like a social network. Then I started like uh, reading about it and, and I'm like, no, it's not like a social network. But now that I'm talking to you, it definitely is because you're helping people connect. Uh, another thing that gets my attention is that you're uh, helping people with their digital education. Like that's, that's pretty cool. Uh, I wish back here in Mexico, there was something like that. Um, you guys promote free technology training and support, but let's face it, um, there should be cost for everything. So well, a part of it, you said that you, you have volunteers. Do you have any other thing to help you guys support this? Like sponsors um, or something? So um, at present, uh, yeah, Taz and I both, we support connected comedians with our full-time jobs at present. So you, you are the sponsors at the moment. We are the sponsors of yeah, connected comedians so. at present, but obviously that's, that's not sustainable long-term. So we are, we are certainly searching for um, donors and sponsors to help us with our growth because we, um, you know, we can only do a limited amount with with the, the funds that we are able to give from our jobs. Yeah, so, so something that's interesting in Canada is we actually have a Minister of Seniors. Um, so we know that uh, the fact that, that our, our population trends are changing is, um, you know, it's, it's getting a lot of attention and it is a, an important topic, an important forum. Um, so we, we are not the only ones who realize mm -hmm. the importance of it. Um, in terms of our our volunteers and all of our work, 
um, as, as we mentioned before, we're trying to build, you know, nice, sustainable programs. And we, we've got some really good um, um, collaborations going with um, amazing partners like um, um, uh, Facebook and, and Facebook. Yeah, we, we did. We had our launch party in November and, and Facebook very kindly sponsored us for our launch party, which we were quite thrilled about. And um, pretty cool. Yeah. And, and now Lyft um, is uh, sponsoring us for the month of March. So that's not going to mm -hmm. be announced yet. Um, and we are and we're collaborating with um, a lot of other um, in interesting groups that are doing um, um, at, at home aging. Um, so we're collaborating with them on various projects. So basically, we still provide that, that gap of digital literacy because I think it's a, it's a bit of a misnomer. Everyone thinks that we're just a 10-year age group or a 15-year age group where seniors you know, are missing some of the exposure to technology. But technology is changing leaps and bounds. My son, who's three, um, programs with little IoT devices with me. And, uh, and he has this little Mr. Something. And um, his comfort level with technology is very different than mine. So I'm pretty sure that in, in you know, 20, 30 years when I retire, I am. I might not feel the same gap as the current seniors, but the gaps will still be there because um, one of the things that we feel very strongly about is that you know we are moving everything from physical presence to technology to digital, and so our community trends should translate similarly in in online communities too. We should have equal presence of seniors um, because we're voting online, we're shopping online, we're buying online, we're you know reviewing online from that. Standpoint. So just to just to add on to the comment that uh, Marielle alluded to earlier, there's some countries where seniors are having to work way later than the retirement age, right? Um, and worldwide, and, and they're lacking the skills that are needed. Is, is there a plan to go above and beyond Canada? I mean, is is that part of the, the route for yeah, the future? I mean, we recently had our first uh, remote volunteer join us from Brazil. We have a designer who's working with us remotely from Brazil. So um, I certainly think there is the possibility to deliver remote support, um, you know, wherever there's internet. Um, so we, we would need to build the infrastructure to support that. Um, I'd certainly love to get there. Uh, yeah, and we are, uh, it's, it's interesting you brought up the, you know, seniors having to work sometimes post-retirement or delay their retirement. We're actually starting to collaborate with a, a, a senior-oriented organization um, called uh, Top 60 Over 60, and their focus is actually just that, um, to help um, uh, you know, entrepreneurs or recent retirees or yeah. um, seniors with their uh, with that digital literacy gap, so that they can. Yeah, they're they're more focused on on just giving seniors the the encouragement they need mm -hmm. to start a new business, um, sort of exclusive of the digital literacy portion. And um, however, they they noted in their studies by um, helping and studying seniors who recently retired that there was a big gap in that, and that was one of the most limiting factors was the lack of digital literacy amongst that. Uh, cohort of retirees. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think you definitely have a potential uh, opportunity uh, for companies that have committed to that kind of inclusion and diversity, which includes seniors. Mm -hmm. I, I know at least here in the U.S. there's initiatives around that. I'm sure there's the same with the Minister of Seniors in Canada. Wonder if some of those companies could license what you're doing like a platform, right? Uh, that you have sponsors built in and you get a much broader reach. Is that something you guys have considered or have talked about? 
Potentially. I mean, fundamentally, we really want to make sure that the services are, are free of charge to the seniors. So um, if, if we can find sponsorships that help us support our operational costs um, and, and the rest of the things, then yeah, I'll let you yeah, so speaking of which, um, actually, this is uh, this project was brainchild of Emily. She came up with a really interesting idea in in Ottawa, um, it, because this is the capital. Um, the tech sector um, is always, you know, the, the same percentage of GDP as the government works. So we have lots of startup scenes in in Ottawa. A huge focus on technology, and so um, we came up with an idea where we can take um, volunteers or employees using their volunteer time. To help the seniors in a community across the street. Yeah. So, um, but we we typically we've we've started a pilot project um, with a software company that I work at because they had two um, volunteer days per year that nobody was really using, and and we thought we have this company full of lovely people, uh, very sweet software developers and and QA testers and all kinds of people with lots of skills that they could share, um, and we've got a retirement home across the street full of. of um, somewhat lonely seniors in need of, of, of help. Um, and if we can pair, if we can pair up two groups of people on a regular basis, um, we can we can build relationships between um, the volunteers and the seniors, and the seniors can learn um, more technical skills and and also sort of have that um, human human interaction portion of things as well. How's adoption coming along? What do you need more of volunteers? What's what do you need? We have so many volunteers. It's crazy. I can't even. Put today it's anymore. social media. Be likable day. If you guys heard of that today, it's called Be Likable Day. I, I was like, no. where you supposed oh, yeah. to do random act of kindness today? So, you know, how do we get more people on board here? What are we supposed? To, what do you need? I, I think um, when we talk about um, connecting seniors with volunteers, um, the largest thing is around building capacity and, and infrastructure. So. Um, Ottawa or in Canada in general, we have, you know, dense populations of uh, people and then they are dispersed in other um, suburbs or subdivisions. And there's transportation cost of getting a senior um, connected, uh, getting getting a senior out of their house or a volunteer to that senior location. And so um, uh, stuff around infrastructure, whether it be the transportation costs or just hardware that's needed. You know, sometimes you actually need backup devices, you need... Uh, um, uh, hotspots, you need yes. uh, cables. So those sort of like basic things that you don't think about yeah. uh, play a huge factor in, in building enough capacity from, from that standpoint. We've been lucky enough. Emily is amazing in social media management, content writing, um, and then and she's also a technologist at heart. And uh, I'm a, a nerd with coding background. So we have been able to kind of you know, come up with a lot of um, unique solutions um, for for problems at that kind of a, a shoestring budget. But I think that in order to have that sustainability and that coverage for offering the same quality of service, I think that um, there are certain things in infrastructure that's uh, that are required to to get there. Yeah. Okay, so let's identify some companies that could help you. So Uber, Lyft, if you're listening, some seniors need some free rides. Step up, offer it up, do Lyft something. Sponsoring us for the month of let's, March. What are. else? What else do you guys need? Where else would cert would, would be uh, of service? Other uh, companies that could be listening, saying, you know what, I want to participate. What else? We I feel like I'm doing a a marathon for raising funds here. But I think it tells the story. Just turn into Jerry Lewis. Um, 
we really actually need, uh, we would love to have insurance, better insurance coverage, because right now, um, the thing I struggle with the most is we have seniors um, with mobility issues who can't leave their houses calling us and because we don't have um, very comprehensive insurance right now, we, we don't let our volunteers enter people's houses because it's not, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a liability and, and all of yeah. that. So uh, we limit all of our meetings to public places mm -hmm. like coffee shops and, and uh, things like that. So if we had more money for things like that, we would be able to go and help seniors in their homes. And um, we would be, it would be so much more useful because the people who are in wheelchairs or looking after their ailing spouses, <clears throat> excuse me, would be able to get that one-on-one um, -on -one help as well. Yeah, and then um, I mean we've have uh, we've been covering seniors from you know all socioeconomic backgrounds, and so um, being able to have um, more or less recent smart devices um, would definitely help a lot in mm -hmm. terms of you know, bringing them all into the fold. Um, we have spoken to a few organizations that talk about technology upcycling. Um, the only issue is that technology hardware is also changing leaps and bounds. And so um, while for a young person, you know, it's, it's fine to recycle a laptop, for a senior, um, having a smartphone that is um, at least somewhat up to date is what is more important because it's small, it's nimble, it's more secure. Yeah, and the accessibility features too. I mean, exactly. um, a lot of the time they have difficulty reading the screen or things like that. And if you get the really old small devices, it's it's quite hard for them. So if we had the ability to uh, to give our seniors better devices, that would be wonderful. Yeah, and so we've been thinking about interesting ideas um all the organizations are moving towards you know bring your own device or leasing so we've been thinking about maybe some environmental aspects included maybe a leasing option or something where we can make sure that you know they don't have to fiddle with um buggy issues of old devices that have uh, broken wi-fi connectors or adapters or all that sort of stuff great uh, you know, it just when it starts to get interesting, the time always comes up, which is uh, sad. But uh, Marielle, I know you have some additional questions you wanted to. I, I have yeah, one. This is a great topic. I hope you guys get a lot of help and support. We're certainly going to do our job and make sure you get exposure. Marielle, please go ahead. Um, yeah, I have a funny question. Um, it really gets my attention that CIO and CEO are so involved into this. Uh, both of you guys said that you are volunteers for the Connected Canadians program. Were you volunteers like from day one and how does has helped you to like really understand the needs of the people you're helping? Yeah, I mean, that was one of our, our primary things is that we, we believe it's really hard to understand and manage people doing the work if we're not doing it ourselves. Um, so we, we've always been, we were the first two volunteers doing the workshops, doing all the one-on-ones um, until we brought on our first volunteer about, I don't know, seven months in, uh, something like that. And, and um, it's just been expanding hugely since then. Yeah, um, we, we spent about over 200 hours per month of volunteer time trying to offer our current operational programs mm -hmm. between us and our, our volunteers who help us. Okay, so you guys definitely need some help. Where do people go to, to, to sign up to volunteer? Where do they sign? How does that happen? Um, if you go to www.connectedcanadians.ca, um, you can see where you can sign up to volunteer. You can see our donate page. Um, you can see our testimonials page, which has got lots of our, our videos of our clients that we help. Um, so definitely check that out. Connectedcanadians.ca is our website. .ca. Cool. Cool. Well, I think uh, 
this is pretty much it. Thank you very much, guys, for being with us. Uh, just one final thing. Uh, are you present on any social networks uh, so our viewers can, can get to know you a little bit better? Check us out on LinkedIn at Connected Canadians. We're also on Facebook as Connected Canadians, and we're also on Instagram as Connected Canadians. We're a little bit less active on Twitter, but we're on there too. I think it's a Connected EDNS on Twitter, but the rest of them are all the full word Connected Canadians. We'll make sure we put that on the landing page, including your personal uh, handle, so people can reach out to you and connect with you as well. So if, if someone trying to figure it out, just check back shortly on Dojo Live, and they'll find that too. Yeah, any exactly. any final words of wisdom for anyone who's thinking about giving back like this? What would those be? Just um, we appreciate everything that comes in. That people's time is so valuable to us. We we respected it and are so grateful too. We've just had the most wonderful kind people give us their time and it's, it's the most valuable thing in the world. Yeah. It's, it's been a pleasure. Volunteering and working with Well, Emily and, and Tess, uh, as Julio says, we're, uh, unfortunately we ran out of time and uh, the only thing left to me personally to do, to do is, uh, well, simply, Thank you, big time, because uh, I think what you're what, what, what you're doing is definitely worth getting out there. And, and, and as, as, Julio, as Julio says, I hope you get all the help you can get. And, and we're also going to do our part in that, in that sense. So again, thank you so much for being having been with us today. And again, Julio, thank you as ever. And of course, Marielle, for having joined us today as co-host. Thank you very much. Uh, pleasure. And for those of you who are listening and watching, remember that all the information for connected, connected Canadians is going to be right there on the Dojo Live website. Just check us out, and it's going to be right there on the uh, interview section. All the info is going to be there in case you want to get in touch with either Taz or Emily from Connected Canadians. So thank you again, and I'll see you next time, next week, here right here, Wednesdays on Dojo Live, 1 p.m. Pacific. And remember, connecting experts like you. Thank you so much. See you next time. Thank you. Check out past episodes, transcripts, blogs, and more on our website, dojo.nearsoft.com.